Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Welcome to Two Black Guys with Good Credit, the show for the financially knowledgeable and the financially curious. We are in the month of February, which, as you should know, is Black History Month. The shortest month for the longest history, my brother. (laughs) Sean, today's topic is also the title of a Queen Latifah song. Do you know what it is? Ladies first, ladies first. Oh, Maddie Matt. <laughs> Don't get me started. You know I'm the old school king, man. That's right. Well, today we're putting the ladies first. In recent years, black women have made significant gains in business. So in honor of Black History Month, today we are celebrating the success of black women in business. It's ladies first. Yay, yay. Long overdue, my brother. <sighs> Let's celebrate this black woman greatness. And, and we have our own black woman magic in the room, oh, Dion. stop, stop it. That's what you're talking about? <laughs> what you talking about, Matt? <laughs> so, for, first She's got of, a little magic in her. She's got a little magic in her. Well, well just to get us Thank started, you, you know, in, in recent years, we've seen black girl magic making strides in many aspects of life, taking leadership positions in politics and in business. Um, a recent Nielsen report basically portrays black women as trendsetters, brand loyalists, and mm. early adopters mm. who care about projecting a positive self-image. Absolutely. Yes. They're always together. You don't see them not together. They got everything in check. They, they are leaders in fashion, beauty, television, music. And one area in particular Woo! that black women are leading is entrepreneurship. Uh, Dion, can you give us some stats or facts on black women entrepreneurship? Don't even say my pleasure. You should say my honor for this one. It would be, actually. It would really be an honor. Um, and I want to keep this really short and sweet and to the point. But with all the successes that we're seeing uh, in, in African-American female business today, we would be remiss without acknowledging the history of black female entrepreneurship in the U.S. You know, for many black women during post-emancipation, self-employment was the only economy they were allowed to participate in. And some women thrived. So if we can all, you know, tilt our hats uh, to women like Madam C.J. Walker, one of the first or the first self-made millionaire um, specializing in hair products for African, African-Americans. Um, and now we've got female billionaires topping, topping the list. So Absolutely. I'm can excited I, to dive in. Can I say one? Can I add one as historical fact? Is that okay? I'm, not, I mean, I'm usually not the man with the stats in the cold core facts, but I have one here. My great-great-grandmother, they used to call her Mama, and um, she grew up in Barbados. 
and she had horse and cart. And what she would do as an entrepreneur is she would prepare um, lunch and breakfast for all the workers at all the different hotels and houses that the servants would work at. And by doing so well with this, she was able to actually save her money and buy 11 pieces of land for all 11 of her children. Wow. And to date, in year 2020, our family still has that 11 pieces of land that she bought. So when I go to Barbados, I can go to one part and say, yeah, that was by my great grand. And from this one entrepreneur lady that had the mindset, and this is just post-slavery, right? Yeah. You have the mindset to know that, hey, I'm going to have my own business, and I'm also going to invest. And this investment has carried on for, for generations. So I just would like to, you know, shout out my great-great-grandma, mama, who I've never met. For, for, yes. for All right, D. Um, well, thank you for the facts. And, and Sean, the man with the facts, we appreciate that info. <laughs> um, and, and basically, looking at some of these stats, you know, minority women are leading the way in creating business in this country. It's, it's pretty darn cool to see that nearly half of all businesses being opened, female you know, businesses, are being opened by African-American or women of color. Sean, why do you think that is? What, what, what's the secret sauce? Or why, why do you think black women are making these, these gains in, in, in business and in entrepreneurship specifically? You want me to go deep with it, bro? Take us deep. <laughs> I'm going to go deep with it. Well, you know, historically, you know, black people in general were, were shut out, like Dion even said, were shut out of wealth opportunities due to like discrimination, lack of policy over several generations. And just like in general, we weren't, we didn't have access. And women even there more than us as men. And um, women were black women had to kind of sustain the family and they were looked nothing beyond that other than maybe house house help and so forth. So now women are able to enter the workforce. They're able they're liberated, you know, and they're able to do their own thing. And to me, they have these natural born abilities and skill sets to succeed. Like I watched my mother as a single mother, how she was able to to navigate you know, and, and create wealth for us, help grow us, and still maintain the family. Still walking home with four grocery bags in her hand, preparing dinner while having a full day at work. She was on electrolysis dealing with clients and have the mindset to know that, hey, I still got to come home and tend to the house. And, and not to say anything against men because this is not going to be a, a male bashing, bashing show that we're going to do. But, like, my dad, on the other hand, he was a musician, and his whole energy was about musician, about playing music. And I'm not saying all men in general, but... Is that where you get your singing talent from? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> Dad, yeah. Dad is rolling in his grave. And I just remember, like, the multitasking of him was, was much more difficult than it was of my mom. He knew that, like, he, he put all his heart and energy into trying to become this musician. While my mom had those responsibilities, yes, I want to maybe own my own electrolysis, which she did start doing and working from home. But she knew she had to take care of the family as well. And I think men in general are like, you know, we're all on this, want to get paid, want to make this money, want to get rich. But women have to juggle and do the both, which is great, a great entrepreneurial skill set to have. Wow. It's funny. You bring me back. Um, this is actually back in my corporate days. But I'll never forget when I worked in fashion. Believe it or not, it's still pretty male dominated. And um, it's still, you know, it's demanding. So when I had to tell my boss... I was pregnant. I was afraid, right? And I'll never forget going into her office. She closed the door and uh, she launched into the most inspirational um, speech. I, it was just, I wasn't expecting it, but she said, Dion, being a mother actually makes you an even better project manager. Like that's the word that she used. And it's true. You get more focused, I think, when you have a why, right? It makes you even more driven to what you want to create. No, I think that's powerful. And, and w when I think about the why, I think about 
this burst of entrepreneurial activity with black women is due to both educational and economic necessity. Educational progress, like there's black women graduating and getting postgraduate degrees. So they're they're prepared and they're in position to take advantage of, of that education and also the economic necessity, you know, from the glass ceiling that exists. And, and I think a lot of black women are also dealing with frustrations in the workplace at some of their jobs. Maybe they're feeling like they're, they're not getting paid right or, or getting passed over for promotions. So a lot of black women are taking their careers into their own hands out of necessity and creating their own opportunities. I, I know Our Lady with the Facts, for instance, in terms of just uh, this this passion to start your own, you're you're, you're a, a life coach now. And, I am. And, and mm-hmm. talk, talk about the process of starting your own, well, all of the endeavors you do. You wear a few different hats. What's been your experience as a business starter? Well, it's interesting. I always had an entrepreneurial mindset even when I was working in corporate, so I knew it was always in me. Um, so I don't think it was because I was fed up with the nine to five. But I just knew that there was I, I could I could control my destiny more by going out and do the doing the things that I love to do and actually be able to, to generate income. So that's what inspired me to get into into business. And um, yeah, I guess also with the just knowing that the sky's the limit, you know, a paycheck is not going to take you to the promised land. But the upside from working for yourself is limitless. So I think that was another, you know, big thing for me. Can can I add? I mean, I will say this, like, you know, I'm fortunate enough every month I'm able to go to the Caribbean and just kind of enter a different culture on the sea. And, you know, I have a great, like, sample set, which is the, the island of Barbados. And not, not to oversell Barbados anyway, but just to state factuals. The prime minister is a woman. And I do business. I have a wholesaling business. I have a shipping business, so I, I deal with a lot of businesses. And I can tell you eight or nine out of ten businesses I deal with are owned by women. And the island itself is just thriving. And these women in Barbados, you know, marriage is not a big push in Barbados. Like, it's kind of optional thing. And a lot of the women in Barbados are running their own household. And it's a place where it's just it's amazing to see that they're not sitting there, like, depending on a man. What's a man going to do with them? I've seen women, like, strip boxes. They're lifting in those boxes themselves. They're going to clear. They're traveling to L.A. They're traveling to China. They're running their own business. They're coming home to their kids and doing things and getting it done. And I just feel the energy of the women in Barbados compared to the men that, you know, some men are doing well, but women just have this focus and motive, and they're not in this, caught up in this hoop dream in Barbados. They're just focused on their business and their family. And, their, and I've never, and I've been going to Barbados doing business for 15 years, and I've never heard one, like, tell me about, you know, I need a man or complaining of a man. They just know they have this spirit, this drive to succeed, and they do it. So, you know, I'm always a fan of, like, it's seeing how hard the black woman works. I'm surprised Dion even mentioned her mother. Her mother is another great example. Growing up, seeing Dion's mom raise four kids, have her system. You go to her house, you're getting great dinner, great food, and then she's going and dry, knocking it out she, to, her, to her later years before retirement. The woman was a nurse. She was housing people. She was a landlord. She had two jobs and she's just entrepreneurial spirit and just going to get it. So I commend the black woman I've been around is, has been inspirational for me. Well, I, interestingly enough, thank you, Sean, for that. So we'll shout out to Mama Nichols. Um, guess who else shares the same sentiment you do? Who? Kevin Leary. Sorry, Kevin O'Leary from, oh, Shark, from Tank? Shark Tank. You may have heard of him, mm-hmm. right? Mr. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, you know what? When I actually watched this little footage um, that he shared recently, I said, you know what? He really is Mr. Wonderful. He was saying that over the last seven years, when he looked at his portfolio, all the businesses that he's been investing in 
have been women. And he said he thinks it has to do with goal setting, for one, risk mitigation, too. But he said not just some have actually come back with serious returns. And these are, and these are businesses from 5 to $350 million businesses, right? He didn't just say some came back with great returns. He said all of them. So he said right now, if he had to decide between them, and he says this is not about gender wars. So like you said, Sean, this is not about gender wars. This is not what this show is about. He's saying if I'm going to look at dollars and cents, if I have to decide between a male business and a female business, he says, I'm putting my money with the women every time. Makes me want to ask you a question, Dion. Who run the world? Girls. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well. I mean. <laughs> I would also like to recommend, if you want to get some inspiration from Black Girl Magic, there's a great film you should check out, a great documentary oh, yeah. on Netflix called She Did That. I actually saw it um, last summer at the at a film festival. Um, it's a film produced by a woman named Renee Blewett. And it basically highlights four black women entrepreneurs on their journey to, you know, build successful businesses. And the film explains how the one point nine million dollar black women owned firms in America, how they generate fifty one point four billion in revenues um, and find success. But you, you should definitely check it out. It's on Netflix. It debuted on Netflix in February. So it's it's up right now. You should check that out. After I mean, you've listened to all of our episodes, of course, then you then you can go to Netflix and watch that. <laughs> but catch up on all of them, like, Two Black Guys with Good Credit and episodes and forward them out to your friends, then watch Netflix. Until we get on Netflix. And Netflix, we're looking for you to bring <laughs> okay. us on Netflix. That's okay. just my plug. All right. Plug, plug <laughs> Not seat. shameless at all. No, we got to put the energy out there. We... <laughs> We want to be on Netflix. Back, back to the topic, though. <laughs> back to the back to the task at hand. But there's just so many. Like the stats are staggering. So can I just go through a few of them? Yeah, go for it. I mean, okay. So one, African African American women started up companies at six times the national average during the last 18 years. Okay. So, so this, for we understand, for every one business that starts up, yes. six other businesses start up by African American women. Yes. Okay. To drive that home. Between 1997 and 2015, the number of U.S. firms owned by Latinas increased by 224 percent. There you go, my brown sisters. Yes, but at the same time, the number of business, businesses owned by Black women rose by 322 percent. There are 2.4 million African-American women-owned businesses in 2018, most owned by women between the age of 35 and 54. Black women are the only racial or ethnic group with more business ownership than their male peers. And that's according to the Federal Reserve. The success of black women and and what they're doing to to get this success and, and to make these gains People of all races, colors, creeds, genders, we can all find inspiration. But we're really celebrating as Black History Month. So we want to tip our cap to the success. Uh, we're, we're about to take a quick break. So stay tuned. It's Ladies First on Ooh. Two Black Guys with Good Credit. Come on, Dion, give me some. Ladies First. <laughs> Ladies First. <laughs> all right. I'm moaning. Keep in mind. <laughs> Welcome back to Two Black Guys with Good Credit, the show for the financially curious and the financially knowledgeable. It is Black History Month, and today we are celebrating the ladies. It's all about ladies first. Ooh, ladies <laughs> first, ladies <laughs> first. We are celebrating the gains and the success of black women in business. Um, and we started the conversation talking about how and why black women are leading the way in 
starting businesses. And and in addition to entrepreneurialism, we are seeing black women making their presence felt in corporate America as well and in the world of tech. Uh, Dion, any any thoughts on on the gains made in tech? Sure. Well, there's black girls who code. Did anybody see the Super Bowl, that little show that was on last Sunday? There was a cool commercial. How cool was that to yeah. see the strides that, that that organization is making? They So they partnered with Oil of Olay to actually get additional donations for promoting to get more girls, young girls, interested in tech. A time There was a time where you know young girls were, were diverted from the sciences and engineering. So Black Girls Code was actually founded by a woman uh, named Kimberly Bryant and uh, basically inspired for the very reasons we talked about to create this organization because of her own disheartened you know, feelings towards uh, or, or challenges she faced in terms of really trying to make strides in that arena. I read where her mission is to train one million girls to code by 2040. Wow. That's yeah. an impressive very, number. Very impressive. I can't imagine what the game would be changed once we get all these black women coding. Like what apps, what cool apps would come out, what things more to our market would understand. I mean, just that alone I just can't imagine how different the world would be once all these women are coding. And especially with just the workplace changing in, in terms of all of these tech jobs to make sure that our girls and our, our, you know, our boys and people of all, you know, basically everybody really needs to get up on it. America needs to get up on their code game because other yeah. nations are very much ahead of the curve in terms mm-hmm. of, you know, like India has got it cracking when it comes to, right. to coding and a lot of these other countries. So it's nice to see ambitious goals like this. And you know, whatever we put our minds to, we black women, right? You get it. Absolutely. Um, well, another issue facing black women in business, is, you know, because everything is in rosy. I, we want to also bring the real is that it, finding investment for, for black businesses is, is oftentimes a struggle. Oh, and, yeah. So so let, let's talk about that part of it. I mean, it, it, may I put things in perspective sure. for you, Matt? So men still get the majority of venture capital. Only 2% of all VC funding actually goes to female-only founders. Well, that's teams. sad. So once again, that's $2 out of every $100 it goes towards black women yeah, investments. Yeah, yes. so nearly 63%. There's another article that was sharing that nearly 63% of women finance their businesses from their own savings. There are some investment groups, though, that are pushing back on this, that Bank. are focused on yes. on funding black women ventures. Um, there's a few prominent angel investment programs. There's Pipeline Angels. Uh, that connects women and, and investors with with black women startups in need of a financial boost. There's Fearless Fund, uh, which is a venture capitalist fund for women of color entrepreneurs. Uh, that's spearheaded by Rudy from the Cosby Show, Keisha Knight Pulliam. She's one of the the leaders How of cool that. Is they, that. She's not six anymore. She's not six years old anymore. <laughs> uh, they have a five million dollar fund to invest in exclusively in early stage businesses run by women of color. So awesome. And. Then there's uh, Richard Lou Dennis, the owner of Essence Magazine and uh, Sundial Brands. He's made a, his fortune with uh, black hair care products. He's been a very strong advocate for black women in business. Um, he launched a fund called the New Voices Fund. It's a $100 million fund that invests in businesses owned or managed by women of color, including startups, established businesses, and community-based businesses. So there are some people who are really trying to to push back. And it just sounds so lopsided, right? So when we're employing, um, what is it, over 7 million people as as women or black women, when we are generating over, what, over $1.9 trillion into the economy, yet we're only getting 2% of the actual funding, it's companies like this that, you know, really 
excite me for what you know the future can hold. Well, let me be frank and be real, all right? And I thought you, know, you were Sean. <laughs> 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 I know for a fact, based on my personal experience, it's not easy raising capital. And believe me, I'm I'm of the mindset it's it's only for a selected few. There's a number of key things you need, elements you need to have. You went to the right school, you're around the right circle, you're with the right network. You could be the person that thought of the great idea for Facebook, and unfortunately, if you're not connected to the right people, it's not going to happen. Even if you presented with a business plan, you sit them all down in a meeting, telling them how great this thing could be and it's going to change the world. It has to come from somebody that they feel is viable. And we generally, as Black people, has kind of been pushed out of that group. So. Here's Sean Linda's workaround. You have to look at your business that you're starting off as your resume, okay? In a sense that it may start off small, but prove you have something that is viable and that the business, that the world needs, and that there's, and it, you can show a strong rate of return. Because all they want to see, especially investors and angel investors, they, 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 they're not about how great the idea is, they're about how much money can this make and can we satisfy our investors. So if you can use the initial starting off, not saying you're not going to get big and large, but starting off on a small scale as a, your resume to show, look, I'm getting X amount of customers. If I had X amount of money injected into this business, I can now get 10 times that, 40 times that amount. And you can prove it through what the business has done to date. That's when those people are going to come looking your way to want to invest in what you're doing. But here's the thing. Maybe by the time you're ready to scale up, your business is already making the kind of money that it needs to make, and you may not need them. Or if you do need them, you have much more negotiating power. You may not have to give them so much of your business. You may be able to hold on to more than what you could have had you got the money at the beginning. So what I'm saying, if you are not have access to the money, don't let that frustrate you. Let it. You say, okay, I'm going to prove to the world that this can work on a small scale. Then shop your, shop your business around. And this is what they do. This is what a lot of people do to get what they call second-round funding. The first round funding is to prove it's viable, and the second round funding proves that, hey, give us more money now. Although I have to say this, Sean, so that is not the issue, though, because it's not that they're not already doing that. So from the stats, we're already, you know, basically bootstrapping our businesses 63% of the time, right, Um, through our savings and what have you. Um, I think there's more to, and we're already, so we're already growing at the most, you know, staggering rate. So it's not like we're not doing it ourselves. We're doing it anyways, right? Um, I think it's a bigger thing in terms of why we're not being considered for Absolutely. the funding. Right? So I don't think it's because we're not presenting the better business plan, right? Because one thing women do bring is you know, a lot of structure and strategy to what they do, right? Um, so but that's there not was the point. a professor, it's not that not- there was a professor um, who actually was looking at it, and you had brought them up earlier, right? Face the Facebooks of the world, or what have you. Who do we see? The Drucker, the Drucker, the Zuckerberg, sorry, and the Bezos, right? So when we when we think tech, when we think big business, who do we think of? We still think of males, right? So how can we possibly hand over this funding to a female who doesn't really, from our biases of how many years? in this industry right so it's when that profile of what a strong tech ceo can look like i think things will start to shift so when we see more of the ms bryant's of the world and the ms richelieu's of the world who are who are doing their thing in tech you'll i'm going to i'm going to expect that you're going to start to see a shift and a more of a comfort level for those who still 
for the most part, you know, hold the purse strings when it comes to funding, being more accepting of women in those in those spaces and be will more willing to, you know, invest. I, I would also add that there's another part of this, just a separate point that kind of works to kind of both of your points. When you analyze the spending power of black people in America and black women, like there's $1.2 trillion of spending power in, of black people, according to the research that I've looked at. And women are a big part of that percentage. It's sometimes we need to invest in our own yeah. or find, you know, and that's not easy. Mm-hmm. But when we pool our own wealth or find, you know, like kind of those those examples of those angel investors, or maybe there's, if your idea is viable, maybe it's the second round of funding as you were talking about, Sean, but if instead of going to traditional, the larger venture capitalist groups, like tapping into this $1.2 trillion of spending power that we have, and maybe, you know, this is a, a dream as, mm-hmm, as opposed to mm-hmm. a reality, but finding ways to tap into our spend. We have a lot of yes, spending power yes. culturally, a lot of times more of consumer than owner. Right. Um, but finding ways for us to to help to build these and support these businesses, um, maybe becoming investors or, or pooling, you know, community like, you know, yes. crowdfunding, crowdsourcing, you know, to help as, as another way to approach getting funding. Here's a funny thing, right? If you put up like different um, ethnic and gen- uh, groups, you put like white male, black male, Asian male, Black woman, Asian woman, black black women of every ingredient needed to be a successful entrepreneur, they check off on all the categories. Self-motivated, determined, multitasking, everything you need to be successful as an entrepreneur. When you look at the black woman's history and path, they have all those active ingredients, right? Will Will to succeed, you know, leveraging scarce resources, but yet the confidence isn't there from the out from the investors which is which is a sad thing um mm-hmm. so what has to change is a mindset like matt said and the perception like dion said and how do we do that i always was a person that never believed i didn't want to do this financial show till i felt that i've walked the walk and i honestly think sometimes we and women black women itself we we just have to roll up our sleeves and walk the walk like max said pull together and f- thinking of a business to me is always like see the needs around you in the community and try to address those needs and they're just pooling together. Like we started an incubator class in our financially clean program. And guess who rose to the top? The black women. The women, like, we started this incubator wow. program after a 10-week class and it was like, okay, we're gonna think of a business ideas and we're gonna try to focus on these ideas to bring them to fruition. And it was the black women in the class that rose to the top, took the initiative, writing all the great notes, directing the meetings to the point that I know Dion has like severed off with a group of them and they're doing this fearless women thing. They're doing all these great initiatives. So it's those kind of things that you need to group and find people of the same mindset to, to, to start businesses. And like I said, if the funding isn't coming, start small, prove your theory, and keep hitting them back. Hey, call it, hey, look what we're doing now. We're doing $20,000 in revenue. We're doing $50,000 in revenue. We're doing $100,000 in revenue. Come check what we're doing and force the hand and doors will open up. Well, the good thing is I think that is what's happening and we just need to do more of that. But Mm -hmm. the show today is what you know the theme. It's ladies first. We're going to take a quick break. We, we've identified the, the major issue, which Ooh, is that funding. Ooh, you don't need to do my part. Ooh. Oh, okay. We got the music. Yeah. Ladies first. <laughs> ladies first. <laughs> so stay tuned for more Two Black Guys with Good Credit. It's Ladies First. Two Black Guys with Good Credit. 
If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome back to Two Black Guys with Good Credit, the show for the financially curious and the financially knowledgeable. Today, it's all about the ladies. It's Black History Month, and today's show, the theme is Ladies First. Ooh, ladies first, ladies first. first. <laughs> we are definitely not a singing group. But uh, <laughs> so we, we've covered a few topics. We've talked about the success and the gains black women have made as entrepreneurs. Um, they've also made gains in the boardroom and other realms of business in film and, in, in, you know, the C-suites. There's some you know, some CEOs and, and high-ranking black women in corporate America. There's women in, you know, beauty and entertainment and fashion. Um, and then we also discuss some of the issues that, that, that women are facing, black women in particular, in terms of finding funding. And, you know, so, so Sean, we, also, we, we asked ourselves in our research, we were identifying some women to highlight. Who, who do you, in terms of women that you think are really stand out or that, that you'd like to, to highlight some success stories, what, what, who are you looking at? You trying to set me up? I think all black women need to be celebrating, man. And all women, don't try to set me up like that, bro. <laughs> I got some women. Okay. Out. That being said, we don't have time to highlight every black woman. So, if I had to pick a few, yeah. Well, you know, um, there's a few that I like. One of the first one is um, Janice Bryant Howard. Howard. Uh, she's a founder of a of a company called Act One Group, and she took, like I said, a nine hundred dollar loan from her mom and took a giant leap of faith and started her own company in 1978. She founded Act One, a global enterprise enterprise that provides employment, workforce management, and procurement solutions. 
The company has grown into a billion-dollar business with more than 17,000 clients and 2,600 employees in 22 countries. Wow. Today, she's one of the... She's one of the richest self-made women in America. She's worth about $390 million. Man. Whew. That's huge. Yes. And she credits her success and, and gives and gives other women these these tips if they want to, you know, because they always say success leaves clues, right? So she says focus on empowerment, right? I think that's a big thing about where um, a lot of women choose to do business from and maybe helps to support why we are so successful because there's we're very purpose-driven. You know, so she said, focus on empowerment. She also said, nobody wins alone, right? So we, we're better together. Ask the right questions and listen. So humble yourself. Be an eternal student, right? Uh, never compromise who you are. So authenticity is key. And view education as a lifelong process. Continue to always learn. Barack says that he's always reading, he's always continuing to learn. Yeah. Awesome. Who, who else is on your list? We got some all-star team Ladies, well, one of my, you know, I had to get a little entertainment involved. One of my favorites is Riri, Rihanna. I mean, I just love her humbling beginnings and how she's been able to, like, where people are asking, like, when you come out with an album, homegirl? Because she's doing so many other great things. She's that albums, making music is now, like, almost like her secondary business. She has a, a, a an extremely fat beauty line. Um, Fenty. A beauty line. I got Fenty. my Fenty red. Exactly. <laughs> she also... She's doing a lot of public speaking. She's involved in the community a lot. And where, where her album is like, her is like, okay, I'm going to do an album when I'm ready. And I think that's phenomenal. She's being able to brand herself a household name worldwide and, and really leverage the name Rihanna. It says something when you hear it. I mean, can I just drop a stat here, if I may? In 2019, Rihanna, the mogul, officially became the world's richest female musician at a whopping six hundred and million dollars. Let's just say so, half a billion wow. in some. Not, not a bad not a bad That's deal not bad from at a gal all. from Barbados, right? <laughs> exactly. Not even core business, not even music anymore. That's why I think the amazing thing is the way she's able to brand herself and continue to grow. Go Riri. On the entertainment tip, I'd also like to throw in Ava DuVernay as someone mm. who is has been super impressive in the film world, taking a leadership role and just running uh, Hollywood with with f- the film she's creating and just the boss mentality and that entrepreneurial spirit. She's someone who is also one of my favorite uh, women to watch in terms of her business, and she's inspirational to people in the film and television industry. Yeah, and I, I got to drop another one. Since we're talking Caribbean and Barbados, she's not necessarily a businesswoman, but somebody I admire that she's really pushing forth financial literacy she sees a need for it. She wants to make sure that everybody in her country is financially literate and she understands the importance of it. And herself being a mogul as far as being the first female prime minister in Barbados, the first female to lead a nice. party, I would have to give credit to uh, Mia Motley and knowing her and knowing where her mindset is and how she believes in educating people and educating women and standing up. Is, is, she's an amazing human being and I think she needs to be recognized as well. So she's one of my favorites. Dion, is there any, do you have any sheroes out there you want to shout out? Uh, I mean, I have to go back to my girl, Michelle Obama. I, I, I have Can't to go say. go wrong there. Yeah, I'm still finishing her book. And I just, I look at, you know, she she's the epitome of, of so many women, you know, juggling um, husband, motherhood, 
finding her finding her her space in all of that as a career woman, you know, leaving her legal career to again find her purpose and be able to you know juggle family and you know create the uh, the lifestyle and the and the future that she wanted. Uh, so I would definitely have to give my hats off to her. Sean, you got any any others you want to? I can go all day with this, bro. I mean, I, I love black women and successful black women even more. So I think the last one I'll give is, you know, we talk about her, her, her ex-husband a lot, but we never really recognize her. And I think she's been doing a phenomenal job. She's a, a black woman that's only black woman to own three professional sports teams. You know, this is a trivia quiz, Matt. I mean, she founded a company that you've worked for for a number of years. Um, and the one, you know who I'm talking about, Matt? Uh, I think I do. Why don't you share that? Miss Sheila Johnson. I mean, like I said, she's the co-founder of Black Entertainment Television. She's also the first and only African-American woman to have stake in three sports teams, the Washington Wizard, the Washington Capitals, which is a hockey team, and the Mystics, okay? So I, I think she's somebody that we all need to recognize. Well, I'd like to throw in one more. Since you took us to Barbados, <laughs> I'm going to take us to the West Coast, uh-huh. throw up my dubs from, from my hometown, my home team, and I'm going to take it way back old school. Earlier, Dion, you mm. mentioned Madam C.J. Walker. Mm-hmm. Well, even before Madam C.J. Walker, there was a woman named Biddy Mason. And Biddy was a Los Angeles real estate mogul before the term was even invented. Biddy was born into slavery in the year 1818 in Georgia. And by the time she died in 1891, she had amassed a fortune of $300,000. That and is a fortune. That In real terms today, that's yes. like crazy. $300 million. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and she was slave. And she owned a great deal of property in what is now the heart of Los Angeles. I mean, her, her journey, like if you read up, Google her, Biddy Mason, it's like a movie or like a, a doc should be made about this woman because it's just to be hmm. come up, be born into slavery and, and to, to rise up to own that much property and real estate. And I know you're a, the, the king of real right. estate She's advocacy. She's like my mom. She, 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 yeah, she, <laughs> I mean, she had a little more. We only, Barbados is only 166 square miles. We got a lot of land to work with. <laughs> so big ups to Biddy. Um, but, you know, today is all about the ladies. It's ladies first. It's Black History Month. Mm. Uh, we want you to uh, let me hear the harmony. Ah, ladies uh, ladies first. first. <laughs> ladies so first. stay tuned. Keep it locked. We'll be right back with more Two Black Guys with Good Credit. Welcome back to Two Black Guys with Good Credit, the show for the financially curious and the financially knowledgeable. It is Black History Month. It is all about the ladies today. We are celebrating black women in business. It's ladies first. Ooh, ladies first. <laughs> ladies first. <laughs> and. We, we, we discussed a lot of the success of black women in business, so we hope we, you're motivated. Do your research on some of the ladies we shouted out and, and, and get your entrepreneurial game on. If you're out there thinking, if you got an idea, you got things you want to do, get it popping. So, so Dion, why don't you uh, take us home? Sure, Matt. Thank you. I have, I have one word. When I think about my women of color, my African, African-American women, I think about the biddies, right? I think about the Madam C.J. Walkers, and I think about resilience. And that's what I think is a driving force um, as to why we're seeing the, the, the tremendous successes that we are today. And, you know, we love to hear your feedback. If there's someone that you'd like to highlight, if there are questions, please bring them to us. Uh, next week, we'll be answering those questions in our mailbag show. So bring them on. So please email us your questions to tbgwgc at gmail.com. 
follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Two Black Guys Good Credit. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review to make it easier for others to find us. Like SRS. He, I guess it might be a she. She said, this podcast is great. It's informative and funny. And I love hearing the team's different perspectives. I saw these guys on The Breakfast Club and I've been a fan ever since. Keep up the great work. Well, thank you, SRS. And that's my time. My name is Dion Nichols, the lady with the history, the stats, and the cold hard facts. And I'm out. Well, thank you, D. My bottom line is that, you know, in, in light of it being Black History Month, that we need to celebrate our history. If we don't know where we've been, it's hard to know where you're going. And I think black men, black women, and people in general, we need to celebrate each, each other's success and find our own inspiration and motivation from those successes so we can have our own wins and our own uh, victories in, in life. So uh, I'd like to say happy uh, Black History Month to everybody. I am Matt Smith, one half of Two Black Guys with Good Credit. And remember, nothing changes if nothing changes. Well, I'm Sean. And my takeaway is the reason why we did this show. This show was not only to highlight black women excellence, but was to let, we always try to give everybody a strong feeling after the show. And it was really to encourage those people and black women specifically that are on the sideline, nervous about starting their own business and doing their own thing, to know that it's genetically ingrained in you. You have the ability to do well and to succeed. You have all the ingredients to become successful. So for those people that are contemplating whether I should, I would, shouldn't, to me, just do it. And this is what the purpose of the show is to encourage you to fulfill and live a full life and be successful. So that's it. I'm always the better half of two black guys with good credit. I'm Sean. Follow me at Financially Clean Sean on Instagram. And like I say every show, your money is your money. Keep it in your damn pocket. And I'm out. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.